it's important to have strong women. And by strong women, I don't mean Wonder Woman or Supergirl. <laughs> I mean ordinary women, like these ordinary teens who get gather in the courage to do things, who figure out how to do things. And they are still conforming to the mores of the the culture around them while they're doing this and they're battling within themselves for what they should do and what they shouldn't do but they keep on moving ahead because that is what makes them heroic hello everyone welcome to power up women a multi-generational conversation about leadership, power, gender, and justice through a female lens. I'm Ann Doyle. You know, if you are a regular listener, you know that we often talk about very real and complex issues that impact the lives of girls and women. And we really really try to bring you timely insight from diverse thought leaders working on the front lines to achieve positive change for the whole human family. Today, we're going to set all that aside for a while and venture into a world of fantasy and imagination with a very skilled guide. My guest is California author Laurel Ann Hill, an award-winning writer of several novels and over 30 published short stories, who describes herself as a, and I quote, former underground storage tank operator who grew up in San Francisco with more dreams of adventure than good sense or money. Today, she's a specialist in historical fantasy. Her primary audience is teens and young adults, but her books are full of just my kind of adventure, courageous girls setting out on heroic journeys in the Mexican-American Old West, and of course, with every girl's fantasy of beautiful, powerful horses along for the ride. Welcome, Laurel Ann Hill. I am so glad to be here, Ann. And I know you're joining us from sunny California, Los Angeles area? No, I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. I'm east of Oakland. Okay, let's begin with your book because your newest and third novel, Plague of the Flies, Revolt of the Spirits, 1846, takes the reader on a mystical fantasy adventure back in time to the mid-19th century Mexican Alta California in 1846, to be precise. And I know you're drawing on your own Mexican heritage and perhaps your your fantasy about riding a Black Andalusian stallion. Uh, you have a wonderful imagination. So I have read your book, but please give our listeners just a taste of what this book is all about. The way that I can give flavor to the potential reader is just I'm going to go and read the very first paragraph that I have on the back of my book, because that says so much. I spent weeks trying to get that right. <laughs> and there's nothing I could come up with right now that would be any better. In 1846, Alta, California, Catalina Delgado daydreams about her future, roping cattle, marrying Angela Ortega, and raising children. 
But now invaders from the United States, the bear flaggers have declared war against Mexico, her country. Bear flaggers have imprisoned one close friend of her family and murdered others. What fate might befall her parents, grandfather and younger brothers? And what about her best friend, a Costanoan servant girl? How can Catalina, only 16, help protect all those she loves? And that's the intro to the story of uh, this magical, mystical ride through the book and including on the back of a black Andalusian stallion who can fly through the night sky. Just my dream. Let's take a couple of these important pieces apart because bear flaggers, not everyone knows what that is. Will you explain? Okay, back in 1846, what we know of is California and a fair piece of the Western United States, you know, like Utah, Nevada, and Arizona, belonged to Mexico. And so that was a really substantial piece of property that our dear Uncle Sam wanted for, their, for his very own. So what happened in 1846 is that I would describe them as renegade Americans, so to speak, declared war against Mexico on behalf of the United States and said, Alta California is now US land and uh, no, no consent asked, just did it. Now the bear flaggers, you didn't make that up. That was actually the name of them. I mean, is this the bear on the, the California yeah, the bear flag? On the California flag. And when they designed the flag, it had one star on it and it had their rendition of a bear, which looks something like what a pre-kindergartner might draw. Tell us about Catalina Delgado, your main character, because you tell the, the story in her voice. And why is it important for, for girls to grow up, let's say, reading about strong, courageous girls who even take on fantastical challenges? It's important to have strong women. And by strong women, I don't mean Wonder Woman or Supergirl. <laughs> I mean ordinary women, like these ordinary teens who get gather in the courage to do things, who figure out how to do things. And they are still conforming to the mores of the, the culture around them while they're doing this. And they're battling within themselves for what they should do and what they shouldn't do. But they keep on moving ahead because that is what makes them heroic. And there's so many books about boys doing these heroic things that, you know, I'm the mother of a son and, and I want him to have heroes he can identify with to stretch his imagination, but just not enough about girls doing heroic things. Is that part of what motivates you? Oh, yes. Yes. Even though your books are about fantasy, I know that you also do a lot of research. I mean, they're really grounded 
in historical facts. And, and you're particularly drawing on your Mexican heritage. What, what is it about that part of your heritage that calls to you and inspires you to write about it? Well, first of all, I didn't even know I had that heritage until I was an adult. I didn't know about my uh, Mexican great-grandmother or great-grandfather or great-great-grandmother until about 20 years ago. I mean, I knew that I had what I the family called Spanish Californian ancestry, but it was Mexican ancestry and I've had my DNA tested and I'm not Spanish California, I'm Mexican. And but you don't look, I mean, for anyone who sees you, you do not look uh, Mexican and your name, your last name Hill is certainly not that. So it was a surprise to you as yeah, well, right? I, yeah, it, it very, very much so. Let's talk a little bit about you. We've been talking about your book, but let's talk about you and take us back to, I know that you have told me that you who believe you were born to be a writer that goes all the way back to being a very, very young girl tapping into that. But then you stepped away from it for a long time. So give us a sense of, of when you first discovered this as a young girl, who was that young girl? Well, that young girl was a scrawny, scraggly haired, buck toothed little kid <laughs> <laughs> who had quite an imagination. And I, yes. was, um, I had imaginary friends and they were quite real to me and they were essentially my characters, except they didn't know it then. The voices came in my head very, very early. And so I started making up stories before I could read and my sister would copy them down for me. And then I I'd decorate them with pictures from comic books and magazines. What you're saying is that, yes, from a very young age, there was this part of you that that wanted to be a writer and 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 and, and pursued that. But then what happened? Because you didn't really become a full time writer until decades later as an adult. Is that right? That's right. I went into science and the only thing I was writing was related to science or experiments that. I was working on or things in the laboratory. I worked in the medical laboratory for a while in nuclear medicine. And then I ended up working for a couple of pharmaceutical companies. And finally, in the end of my career, became a licensed underground storage tank operator. I can see why you, you stepped away from all that reality and all that technical stuff into this entirely other side of your brain to tap in the imagination. I mean, get us to that. So then when did you begin really working again as a full-time fantasy writer? I woke up one day and my back was sore. And within three days, my back went into nonstop muscle spasms, excruciating for six weeks straight. I had medication and it made me hallucinate things. And so generally when I have any kind of controlled substance for pain, I hallucinate spiders. This time I hallucinated more than spiders and it was frightening. 
So then how did you get out of that and then begin to write, let's say your first novel? I had promised myself that if I got through this, I was going to write. And so I did. And I just, I started with short stories. And some of my short stories later became a novel. I know that you are very active in many women's writing circles. And one in particular really intrigued me, which is called Women Writing the West. Tell us what that is about. It was an offshoot of other Western writers, organizations that really concentrated on men. And the women wanted to go off and do their own thing. And so they keep in touch with each other. They have annual meetings where there's a conference. But what binds them, the common theme is, is that these are women Women. who write about the old West. Is that right? And also the modern West. Some of them write contemporary. Some of them write historical. Some of them write things in a speculative fiction, as I do. But I sense there's a feeling that among these women who have come together and and been part of this group called Women Writing the West, that there's a sense that the stories of the women of the West, whether historical or today, have not been told enough. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. Yes. That's why we're telling them. Why is it important that these stories be told? Well, women did not have the influence back then politically or even in their own family necessarily. And remember, it was about 1870 before coverture ended in the United States. And that was the set of laws that did not allow women to own property when they were married. What they had, if they had something, then they, when they were married, it was their husbands now. But these were very, very strong women. Yes, yes. And women need to know about this. They need to know what their predecessors did in order to survive in order to keep the family together and that they just didn't cook and sew and take care of children. They could do (laughs) lots of things and they had to do lots of things. Absolutely. And they, and they still do. How about some final words of advice for other inspiring writers in terms of people who, who want to write, but just, haven't gotten there yet. Any advice for them? Yes, do it. If you don't start doing it, you never will. You can't say, oh, I'm going to take a class first. Oh, I'm going to do this first. Oh, I'll start next year because right now I'm decorating the house. Or, oh, I just got a promotion at work. I can't do this yet. You start writing now. You find time to write. Even if All it is, is you get a journal and you're out sitting somewhere and you take it out of your purse and you know how something looks or how something smells 
or something that's interesting. And that's when you're going to be starting your writing process. When your fingers are touching the keyboard or the pen or the pencil. I had someone tell me one time, writers write. That's the way it is. You're not a writer unless you actually start writing. I could write anywhere in the house. I could go in the living room and sit on the sofa. I could go back in the bedroom. I, I could write sitting in my car. I could write sitting in the park. So once you find your groove, it doesn't matter. You just yes. um, start writing. Yeah. Is there anything, one last thing that you would like to leave um, my listeners with? I think just to reiterate the importance of allowing girls to grow into powerful women. Well, that's what we're all about. And I, I thank you, author Laurel Ann Hill, for sharing your imagination, your sense of history, and the importance of providing our girls with really inspiring, empowering role models. I, I wish you really continued success, including with your newest book, Plague of Flies, Revolt of the Spirits, 1846. And everyone, let's all go power up. Thanks for joining us at Power Up Women. We hope you'll keep listening and share us with your network. We have over 100 episodes now, so I'm sure there's something, many things for you to choose from. And remember, when one woman rises, we all rise. Make sure you reach back and lift others as you climb. I'm Ann Doyle.